when we are given the opportunity to bring a message for God to his people, we do not take it lightly. It doesn't matter if there was a thousand people here or one person. We do not take it lightly because God will hold us accountable for preparing myself to preach his word, his word, not my word, his word, not your word, his word, not the world's word, his word, because his word brings life. The world's word brings death and darkness. But his word brings life. And I read you some scriptures of encouragement a while ago, and I really want you to remember those scriptures. Look it up in your Bible. Look up, never leave us, and you'll see all the wonderful times God has promised to never leave us. Old and New Testament and today. And with preparation, we have to always be aware that what we do prepare comes second to what he wants to do. You understand that? I have a message. I worked hard on it. It's good. But more than that, I want him to speak his word. And he's trying to, and he's talking to me even now, and me being the hard-headed person that I am, I say, no, Lord, I want to go to this. I want to go to this. I worked on this. I know what this says. I know how to preach it. He says, mm, yeah, but if we go this way. I will bless somebody with this way. The topic was making room for God. The song. Making room for God. So many times. I get so busy doing for him that I leave him behind. So involved in the ministry, I teach a very important class over here to, to people who have the calling of God upon their lives to become ministers of the gospel, and God has so blessed me to teach them the academics of what they have to have to be credentialed in the Assemblies of God. So, this, so I prepare many, many, many hours to do that. And I believe that everything that God tells me to tell you is important tonight because you need to take serious what God has called you to do. If it's playing the piano or the drums or leading the music or teaching a class or visiting somebody at the hospital, you do it to the very best of your ability and you prepare yourself spiritually, mentally, physically to let God, the Holy Spirit, use you to bless that person or to do that job. Nothing is frivolous. Frivious. 
frivolous. Nothing is frivolous to God. If he lays it upon your heart to go and pray for somebody, that is not frivolous. It is important to the kingdom of God. What I'm trying to get around to is in our preparation, we have to be simper gumby. We have to be flexible. It's always going to change. Always be ready for God to interrupt what you're doing to do what he wants to do. Because I cannot read your minds, thank God. I don't know what's in your heart, thank God. I don't know what you need, thank God. I don't want to know. But he knows. And he can use me to speak words of encouragement to you. To where you can come to him and say, I heard your word tonight, Lord, and I believe that word, and it was out of your Bible, so I trusted, I accepted in your name, and I'm either healed, delivered, or whatever I need. Doesn't matter what night it is, Wednesday, Friday, Thursday, Tuesday morning at two. It doesn't matter. God is the same every day, everywhere, every time. Almighty God is the same. The one who raised Jesus from the grave is the one that's in present in this place right here tonight. The one who spoke everything into existence is in this place right now. He's right next to you. He's right next to you. Why is he here? Because he loves you. And you are important to him. And he's focused on you. So I say, Holy Spirit, you, you have your way tonight. So I'm going to share, not that, I'm going to share some of what happened on Sunday. We're going to see where that goes. Okay. So we were going along, and I prepared for about an hour and a half to two hours worth of things to do in class for the students to go over the material, about two hours worth. And we're there about two and a half hours. And I thought I had plenty. I thought I had plenty of material. I thought this would be weighed down with this stuff. We went through that so fast, I had an hour extra. And when we were done. And we had an accident, and I'm sitting there, and these students are looking at me like going, what's next? And I'm going, I don't know. What are we going to do now? I mean, I'm really, I'm being transparent. Y'all were sitting there. You, I was sitting there, and I'm going, come on. And what I'm telling you is that God had prepared that moment to intervene, to do a work that he wanted to do. And we didn't have any idea he's going to do. So I sat there and I started having a dizzy spell. I have those from time to time. Some are serious, some are not. Some are just make me dizzy for a couple of minutes. And it's happened in class two or three times now, so they're used to it. So when I say, just hold on, I'm having a dizzy spell, and I put my head down, they'll know that they need to wait two or three minutes to just, just wait. Well, it wasn't 30 seconds till I heard people moving towards me. They didn't know they was going to have the opportunity to pray for their teacher that morning, that afternoon. They were not prepared. They were not thinking, we're going to pray for Randall this afternoon. They didn't know. God knew. God knew. God knew. And I, and I felt, and I, and, and I just felt so wonderful. Dizzy. Wonderful. You know, dizzy. Wonderful. 
because I knew that these men and women of God were coming to lay hands on me and pray in the name of Jesus for healing because they love me. Oh, come on. That's, not, that's way more exciting than the way you responded to that. How many times do you want somebody to surround you with their prayer and love and lay hands on you with faith believing and let James come to pass in your life? You get healed and he forgives your sins. Ah, that's what James said, isn't it? So they were praying for me. Prayed three or four minutes. They went back to the seat. The business cleared up. I still didn't know where we was going, but see, we was already in the midst of going. You understand what I'm saying? We were already in the midst of the intervention of God. So he set the stage to, to the end result of what he wanted to do. And what I'm telling you is you've got to give God some time to do what he wants to do. Even if you don't know what he wants to do, you've got to give him time. One of the hardest things for us to do is to be still and know that I am God. Because we're Pentecostal. We like to be excited. We like to jump, shout, and all that. So we do, and I do, and now we will, and we have, and we will again. So it's hard for me to shut up, no comment, and just be still. Just be still. Don't, don't pray in your mind. Don't talk to God in your mind. Just be still and stop thinking and just relax. Just sit there and relax. Go into your empty box. Men don't know how to do that real well. Women don't know how to go to the empty box. Men do. Men go in the empty box. If you ever look at a man and he's got this glazed look, he's in his empty box. He's really not thinking about anything. Really. So sometimes God says, you need to go and be still. Just be still. Feel my presence. Know that I am God. So we did that for a couple of minutes. And then one of the ladies that is sensitive to the spirit gets up and starts moving. I love it when somebody starts moving. Amen? I like the movement of God. I know this lady. I trust her completely. I know that God was moving in her heart. The Holy Ghost was moving her to go and pray for somebody else. Nobody in the class knew that that need was there. I didn't know it was there. I just watched her walk over to start praying for this person. And the Lord says, it's his turn. Go pray for him now. So we all went over and we prayed for this guy. And he was having some difficulties right there. We prayed for him three or four or five minutes. This is an intervention. I pray that God would intervene tonight. You see, we come to church and we play this little game that everything is perfect because we manifest praise we manifest joy, we manifest peace, we manifest all this stuff, and we're sitting there and we are miserable because something is not the way it should be or we do not have whatever it is. I pray that tonight God would intervene and do what he wants to do. Did you receive a touch? Absolutely. Did I receive a touch? Absolutely. 
And so I told him, the class, I said, let's go ahead and take about a five-minute break. I'm going to go outside and get some fresh air. I didn't need any fresh air. I didn't feel like I needed any fresh air. I don't know why I said that. So I go outside, and my shield bearer right back there, he follows me to make sure I don't fall down or get hurt. Are you with me? Are you with me? So he's over there in the back, and he's praying, and I'm walking down the sidewalk, and I'm, and I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? What is going on? See, God doesn't always tell us what he's fixing to do. All we have to do is obey him, be sensitive to him, and obey him. I see this guy out here by this pickup. Yes, he comes to church from time to time. And Tommy comes outside, and he looks at that guy and says, why don't you come in the class for a little while? And just sit with us. The Holy Spirit said, that's what I'm working toward right there. Amen. All that other stuff was... Uh, preparation I got you outside so you could see him Tommy would come out and invite him to come to class I knew something was up I knew something was up so we let the guy come in and he starts sharing his story starts sharing his story wow what a story what a story and that same lady Come on. Come on. That one that is so obedient to God. I mean, I don't even think God has to talk to her. I think he just has to give her a look and she's gone. I want to be that sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I don't want to negotiate. I don't want to have a long discussion. I just want him to just... just Tell me what it is and send me on my way to do whatever he wants me to do. Come on now. How much good stuff would be done if we would just do that? Take a risk for him. If you're wrong, somebody will still be blessed. Amen? You can be, you can be in obedience and be wrong and still get blessed. So the same lady gets up and she's going towards that guy. I go, okay, here we go. Here we go. Because I knew that that was God, God, this is what I'm here for. That's what I'm doing this for. This is all, you know, that all that hour you thought you had. No, I already had something planned for that hour. I let you go through that so fast that you have all this time left over because I need a little bit of room in this classroom to do some work. Amen. Amen. So she goes over and then we all just go over there and pray for this guy. And it was such a blessing to know that we had let God have a little room. Let him communicate to us in a special way. You see, when you get out of communication with God, you can only go the wrong way. Because we humans are not smart enough to go the right way. It's true. It's true. Ask me, I know. I've been there many times. So you have to stay in communication with God. When we were sitting in that classroom, we were saying, Lord, what, what do you want to do? What is, what is up? What, 
Holy Spirit, do what you want to do. Help us to be sensitive and obedient to your spirit right now and do what you want to do. That's communication. And God says, thank you. Thank you. I'll take that time. I've got a work to do. And if you were that person, you would have, you would have thanked God. If you were that person that got prayed for, you would have th- been thanking God all week long that that happened. We presume, we presume to believe that if we were in communication with God two years ago, that we're still in communication with him. Yeah. Well, I got filled with the Holy Ghost 14 years ago. I am good to go. Yeah, when's the last time you spoke in tongues? When's the last time the Holy Ghost manifested anything through your life? How about the fruit of the Spirit? Are you bearing some fruit? Well, no, but I was, I was baptized 14 years ago in the Holy Ghost, so I'm good to go. So they've lost their connection with God. Joshua, a mighty man of God, chosen by God to lead his people out of, into the promised land. Right? Chosen by God. And what did God tell him? Keep your eyes on me. Don't turn to the right or the left. Keep your eyes on me. Keep your mind upon the word and talk to me. Communicate with me. Ask me what, you, what I want done. Ask me what to do. Ask me what you're supposed to be doing. Ask me the battle plan. So, when they, and so Joshua, when he got to the river Jordan, he communicated with God. And God says, do this, do this, do this. And they crossed the Jordan and they had no problems. Amen? No problems. Millions of people crossed that river in flood stage and nobody got wet. No mud on their shoes when they got to the other side. Come on now. Come on now. So they come and then that was the first natural obstacle. So they come up to a man-made obstacle called Jericho. What does Joshua do? He goes to him. He goes to the one who knows how to take care of the enemy. Amen. Now, Joshua could have done it on his own. He had lots of warriors that he could have tried to do it on his own. But he knew from experience, I've got to talk to God and find out what the real battle plan is. And God says, go just march around. Just go walk around, walk around, be real quiet. And on the, one, on the last age, everybody make a loud noise. Now, that sounds stupid to a military-oriented person. That doesn't make any sense. You set armament, you get guns and cannons and machine guns and reinforcements and you surround them and you and you just keep you cut off the lines of communication and supply and then you just you just kill them. So walking around the city is not in the battle plan of a normal military mind. But Joshua knew from experience he took us through Jordan. He'll take us past Jericho. Huh? Uh, communication is still going. Communication is still going. So they did exactly what God told them to do, and guess what? The walls fell. They went in. They took Jericho. They did not lose one person. Not one person was killed, and they plundered the city. Wow. Pretty good battle plan. I wouldn't advise it unless God tells you to do it that way. So they are riding high. 
I mean, Israel is riding high. They're on their way to the promised land. They've crossed this river in a miraculous way. They've come up to this large obstacle man has made, and they took that with not a problem. They are riding high. They can't do no wrong. they got everything going their way. So they come against this little bitty pitiful city called A, or A-I, or I. What do you want to call it? A-I. Little bitty podunk, no account town that didn't even have much of an army. So Joshua presumes to know the battle plan. Did he talk to God? I don't need to talk to God. This is where we're at. I don't need to talk to God. We come through Jordan. We come through Jericho. I don't need to talk to God. We're so close. I know what he wants me to do. We need to go over there with just a few minutes. We're going to take them down. Didn't happen, though, did it? They get their little hineys kicked. The people died. And Joshua goes, oh, what happened, God? You let me down. God says, did you talk to me about this? Did you talk to me about this? Did you find out the battle plan before you went into battle? Well, no, but I just presumed to know that, you know, since we did the other ones, that it'd be okay. God says, you got sin in your camp. Unbeknownst to you, you have sin in your camp. And God knew there was sin in the camp. And God knew who brought the sin in the camp. And God knew that Jericho, that Josh, Israel would not have one more victory if they did not take care of this sin. What does that tell us? Yeah, sobering, isn't it? God knows that there's sin in your life. Unforgiveness is a sin. It is a sin that will keep you from getting Jesus. Scripture. Hate. Hate is a sin. So when we try to hide things from God and still have the victory, it ain't going to happen. And then you whine and come to the altar and you blame God for that defeat. But the good news is there's always good news when God is involved. The good news is, but I have the solution. You want the victory? I've got the solution. If you'll just take care of the sin, I will give you the victory. They took care of the sin. Somebody had to pay. High price. But God was good for his word, and they went to AI, and they took AI with no problem because the communication was still good. He knew what God wanted done. He made room for God. Many times we don't give God any room to move or any time to move. We get in such a hurry. Quarter to eight. So you're expecting me to shut this down pretty quick. And we're and you're expecting this to kind of dwindle down to an altar call a little bit, a few minutes, somebody get left or whatever, whatever. And, and then, then we'll leave and everything will be good. And, and you go right back in the same garbage that you brought in here. And you could have left it here. You could have left it here. You could have left it here and let him take it. 
not ever have to deal with it again. So it's really up to us, isn't it? It was up to Joshua. Keep talking with God, God will take care of you. Don't talk to God, ignore him, and the enemy is going to take your victory. And people will suffer. He says the same things to us. So we're going to give God 15 minutes, 14 minutes. Lost a minute, God. 14 minutes. 14 minutes to let you give him a moment. To give him a moment. A moment of pure, undiluted obedience. Obedience. A moment to tell God, this is what I need and you know it. So I'm going to give you this time to move in my life. Because I don't want to take it out that door. I don't want to face the same thing I've been facing. It may be a major, major something in your life. It may be minor. It may be just something that, like a little thorn that keeps pricking you. God is able. God knows what needs to be done. Carol, go to the piano, please. Now, you notice that I was not real rowdy tonight. I wasn't real rowdy. I'm kind of sedated. I think it's something that she gave me to spray in my throat <clears throat> to make me, you know, to make it more lubricated. I think it was some kind of sedation. But my wife is here tonight, so I have to behave. I will pay when we get home. But when I was pastoring, this is what she did all the time. She loved it. That one or this one? Over here, Carol. I think they're pointing at this one. This one? This one? The light's on over here. So everybody's going to watch them now. So what we're going to do for the next few minutes is just be still. Just be still where you're at right now. Don't think about what's going to happen tonight after you leave the church. Don't think about what happened before you come to church. Don't think about the job tomorrow or your family. Or just sit there and be still and, and know that he is God. That he is God. That he is sovereign. 